some very significant free market solutions in healthcare, and hopefully. Uh, you can get bipartisan support to get there. The free market, as we've talked about on this podcast and many occasions, can do much to truly bend the health cost care. Uh, the, the, I should say the health care cost curve. We're joined this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers by State Representative Mary Felskowski, Republican from Irma, to talk a little bit about one of those ways that the free market can truly do uh, the, the significant in terms of, of health care coverage, in terms of reaching people that have for so long been outside of the system. Good afternoon, Representative Felskowski. Thank you for joining us in this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Hi, Matt, and thanks for having me on. Absolutely. This is a big day, as I understand it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your legislation on the dental therapist licensure uh, bill is, has been released today, introduced uh, into the legislature. It did. We released it just a little while ago for co-sponsorship, so we're pretty excited about it. Very good. Tell me what it does, what it aims to accomplish, and I guess how you got here. Okay, so one of the things that when I got elected is I was appalled at the lack of oral health care that is happening in the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. We have 64 of our 72 counties, Matt, are dental shortage areas. Um, and we rank 45th out of 50 states when it comes to pediatric dental care for children in poverty. So trying to come up with a solution for that, I was having a conversation with someone and they're like, well, you should go to this seminar they're having in Minneapolis for dental therapy. Mm -hmm. And what dental therapy is, it's a mid-level provider in a dental office. It would be, um, you could liken it to a nurse practitioner or a physician's assistant. So it would be very similar to, as you say, a physician's assistant, someone who has uh, strong medical training in this field. Correct. They would be able to provide dental services, uh, and particularly in areas uh, where, where we see a significant coverage gap. Correct. And, you know, I think the easiest way when they were explaining to us, they said, think oral exam, drill and fill. Because the majority of what dentists do on a routine basis are a lot of cavities and fillings and taking care of that. So that would be the primary focus of a dental therapist. That would be like the majority of what they're going to be doing. What has been the resistance so far to coming up with this licensure program? I mean, as you say, Representative Felskowski, we have physician assistants, we have nurse practitioners, we have all kinds of, of highly trained health professionals who are assisting doctors who can do a lot of the things that doctors do. Why not in dental care? So it's an that's a very interesting question, and I, it's one I've tried to wrap my head around. Um, we have 29 groups that are part of an oral health coalition, hospitals, Delta Dental, even Americans for Prosperity, Kids Forward, just across the board support for this licensure of dental therapy. We have one group that's opposing, and that's Wisconsin Dental Association. And I'm not sure why. I don't understand it. I've talked to some dentists individually that, you know, are embracing it. They think it's a great idea, but overall the Dental Association is taking the stance that they're opposing it. Well, I've read some of the comments from the Wisconsin Dental Association. I'm still not entirely clear on what their opposition is, but from what I've read, 
Uh, they, they believe that this would not be under the same sort of uh, regulatory umbrella that everything else is. They, they talk about public safety, uh, and they talk about those kinds of issues. But from everyone I've talked to, from you to folks in Minnesota who have led the way in uh, dental uh, therapist licensure programs, that, that's not the case at all. It's not a regulatory no. concern. It's not a safety issue, a public safety issue. So there's what's called CODA, and it's the national association that sets the dental standards for for um, everything from an assistant to a hygienist to general dentistry. They're the ones that set the standards. Now, they have now come out with the standards for a dental therapist. So, And the Wisconsin Dental Board would be the ones that would be approving the CODA requirements and, you know, doing the regulation. And here's the one thing that I always go back to. So when I was in Minnesota and I was talking with the different dentists that are employing dental therapists, my one question was, when you're buying your medical malpractice insurance, are you charged a higher rate for a dental therapist than you are a dentist? And they said, absolutely not. So if an insurance company that is going to be paying any claims for poor care feels that these people are trained and are doing a good job, I think, you know, if, if it would show up anywhere, Matt, it would show up in your premiums that you're paying. Right. Yeah, indeed. State Representative Mary Felskowski, Republican Irma, joins us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Well, let's talk a little bit about the bill. What's in it? Uh, as you say, you've got a, a wide-ranging level of support here from mm -hmm. uh, folks on both sides of the aisle, it would seem to me. We do. Um, I've had real good response. I've gone around and met with a lot of my colleagues. I'm going to try to get to all 99 in the assembly. And um, Senator Craig, who's a co-sponsor in the mm -hmm. assembly, is meeting with everyone. And we're, we are getting a very good response from people. So the bill actually um, creates like what the dental therapist is in statute. They use a CODA accreditation, which is listed in the bill. But here's some of the parameters of the bill, I think, that make it um, the safety there. So a dental therapist does not go out and start their own practice. They would actually work under the supervision of a dentist. One dentist can, can, have, can supervise up to five dental therapists. In addition to that, Matt, if you hire me as a new dental therapist... I've got, I'm going to have what's called a collaborative management agreement with you. So to start out, you might say, you know, Mary, let's have you just do some of the more basic things. And then as I get comfortable with your work, we'll expand your scope of practice. And so the dentist is in full control. This is his practice. It's he's supervising. He is in full control of what's happening in his clinic. So he has responsibility, she has responsibility for that dental therapist. This isn't Correct. something where you have an independent practitioner out there. Um, this is somebody that would be supervised, certainly by someone who has the credentials uh, to, to be a dentist in this state. Right. Exactly like what you have with a physician's assistant. Mm -hmm. They work underneath a doctor. Because let's face it, I mean, there could be, they could start doing a filling or something and they could run into something that's outside their scope of practice. So then we have someone there that's going to be able to step in and help them finish the procedure. Where would the dental therapist candidate be educated, be licensed? Is this something that would go statewide or is there a particular area of education expertise, a particular part of the state where you could get licensed for this? So in the state of in Minnesota, they actually have two pathways to becoming a dental therapist. 
One would be you and I both enroll into the Minnesota School of Dentistry. I stop after I reach the accreditation to be a dental therapist, and then you would continue on. So Mm -hmm. that's one pathway in Minnesota. The other way is, say you're already a dental hygienist and you would like to do a completer program, so to speak, to become a dental therapist. They have a technical college that offers dental hygienists. Then they also have a section there where you can go on and get full accreditation for dental therapy. So in our legislation, because Marquette is not interested in um, doing this for dental therapy, they're not interested in offering it at this time, we are working with the technical colleges. So it would be a continuation on from a dental hygienist. Mm, I see. So this would be technical colleges throughout the state, or is there one particular area? Or So we're starting off with North Central Technical College. I've been working with Dr. Wires, who's the president, and she's been working with the Minnesota um, faculty to develop this. So we're pretty much ready to go with it. We could have the first class up and running in January of 2020 if we could mm. get this passed early in the session. But then we have eight of our 16 technical colleges have a dental hygienist program. So I, in my world, I would love to see them all offering it. Very good. State Representative Mary Felskowski joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Uh, recent days, Governor Tony Evers has signaled he would support uh, at least something in the path of dental therapist licensure. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get your thoughts on the, the governor's position Uh, what he would like to see in uh, the state of Wisconsin. So I know that um, Governor Evers had come out with something that he said he's going to release in his budget. Early on in this process, I had sat down with the co-chairs of joint finances, especially with John Nigren, and I said, John, I would like to just run a clean bill. I don't want to get into the Medicaid reimbursement conversation or loan forgiveness or any of that. And he agreed with me, and he said, let us take care of that through the joint finance process. If it needs to be looked at, we'll do it encompassing the whole Medicaid budget. So we are not touching that. And I have to be real honest, I haven't looked real close at what um, Governor Evers has put out other than that he supports the licensure. Okay, very good. He He's talked in the past about uh, the Medicaid expansion, and uh, he's certainly talked about uh, more money for providers. What about your bill? Uh, can you get to a bill you think that will um, win the acceptance of the Wisconsin Dental Association? Well, I would love to be positive and tell you yes, but even this bill passed in Minnesota in 09, and so 2011 forward, they've had dental therapy, and the Wisconsin or the Minnesota Dental Association still does not support it. Mm. Um, and none of the dental associations nationwide where this has come up has come out in favor of the bill. I would like to get them to neutral. I've reached out to them, and they've promised that they're going to come in and sit down and talk with me. We sent them a release of the legislation, you know, before it went out. So hopefully we we could get the dentist to come in and talk. Well, you've got uh, a lot of lobbying money, of course, involved uh, from the Wisconsin Dental Association. Can you get a bill passed without them? Um, I would like to say yes. I think, you know, here's the thing. We know that lack of oral health care creates numerous problems socially. You know, if you have an infected tooth, you go to the emergency room, they can give you an antibiotic. How do you actually get that tooth treated? That infection can get in your system. It's keeping people from participating in the workforce. We have children in Medicaid children that are under badger care. I mean, if you have cavities, you're not learning in school, you're not eating, you're not functioning. And 
it leads to further health issues down the road. So if, if my friends in the Dental Association aren't stepping up to help us solve this crisis, and it is a crisis in our state, you know, if they have a better answer, I would love to hear it. Well, this is a fr- this is a free market solution. There's there's no doubt it about is. it. Maybe people get leery of that, you know, especially the big government types. But I think I see the dental therapist licensure program in the same way that I see some of these other solutions to the the healthcare challenges that we're facing in Wisconsin and nationally. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think about um, the kind of transparency medicine that the legislature wants to deal with. And I think about, you know, the primary care legislation from State Representative Joe Sanfilippo. Um, You know, these are the sorts of things that all fit together and taken together. I think they can truly make a significant difference. It's just getting people on board, particularly people who have been resisting these sorts of free market reforms for a long time. You know, I couldn't agree more, Matt. And I, I just want to clarify one thing. This is not a silver bullet. Mm -hmm. This is just one more step to moving us in the right direction. One thing Minnesota did, we do it for our hospitals. If you see a larger than average Medicaid population, we do a disproportionate share payment to you because our reimbursement rates are low. So I do think that, you know, as we move forward with this, I do think that the Medicaid reimbursement needs to be looked at. And I would love to see loan forgiveness for dentists that would relocate into a a rural area when they're coming out of college. But I still think, you know, when 64 of your 72 counties are designated as shortage areas, it's a workforce issue. And this is also allowing people, the dental hygienists love this because it allows people to do a step up, you know, move up the ladder as far as their ability and scope of work. So I think it's a win-win all the way around. State Representative Mary Felskowski, Republican from Irma, joins us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Let's uh, turn our attention a little bit to the Republican uh, tax plan, the tax relief plan, I should say. Right. Um, This is something that uh, Republicans in in both houses have gotten together on. It's very similar to what Governor Tony Evers has proposed. It's just the funding sources, really, that, um, that are different here. The governor would like to take money, some $500 million worth, from the uh, tax credit that is now given to manufacturers and agriculture, uh, those in the agriculture industry, Uh, the Republican plan would use the surplus, what has been known as the success dividend over the last several years, and the excess revenue or uh, greater than expected revenue that's come into the state's coffers. The governor today at a press conference at the Capitol said that he would spend the next couple of days reviewing the Republican bill. He has seven days to act on it. He didn't say whether he would veto it, but he has signaled as much in the past. Where do you think the governor will go from here? And then what's the next step for the uh, the Republican legislature? Well, I would love it if Governor Evers worked in a bipartisan fashion, as he's promised to do, and sign that bill, because it is accomplishing his goal. And, you know, um, I, for one, am not in favor of doing anything with the MAC credit. I mean, you know, he did back off and say, oh, now we're not going to touch farmers, but he's still going to touch food processors and others in the manufacturing. Our economy is doing too good. We have businesses that are reinvesting in themselves, and we're growing this economy and growing jobs. Um if you listen to the state of the state address that Governor Evers 
had earlier this year and you started to add up all of his additional spending, it came out to be about $2.7 billion. Mm, so far. Yes. And we haven't seen the budget yet, but there's lots of promises in there and lots of bonding. I noticed that a lot of new bonding. And, you know, when you start overtaxing people to that extent, you're going to start to slow down this economy. So we are, it's going to be a tough budget because I think that we're going to be on opposite ends of a lot of issues. Um, and Governor Evers, if he signs our bill, $600 million is going to go back approximately to the people, which it should. It's their money. We did not need it in this budget. We need to return it to people. They know how to spend that money much better than we do. But I don't know. I wish I had a magic ball on that one, Matt, because I, I just think it's going to be very tough. Well, we'll find out soon enough. I know the Republican-controlled legislature uh, has said, leadership has said, uh, let's not wait until we get through the heavy lifting of the budget to make sure that there's a middle-class income tax cut package. Let's deal with this right now and make sure the taxpayers of the state know that uh, the additional money that they gave to the government, actually the government took from them, will go back, at least a portion of it will go back to their pockets. You, you still feel the same way? I feel exactly the same way. And, you know, it's very interesting because Nancy Pelosi thinks $1,000 is Trump change. Mm. And I have heard it from my colleagues in Madison on the Democratic side. $300 to a family and maybe what was it, 170 to an individual is going to be about the average tax cut. Right. They're like, oh, that's Trump change. Well, no, it's not. I have a lot of families in my district that $300 is still an awful lot of money. Well, we and still they, they have good ways to spend it. Yeah, I mean and it, it it is ultimately their money. It's coming back to them. They are the ones uh, that money was uh, taken from them for state programs, and there's excess money, and I guess that's the ultimate question. What are your priorities? Are your priorities to give that back to the people who paid it in? You know, you talk about Nancy Pelosi, but I think about uh, you don't have to go out of the state of Wisconsin. You can just turn to U.S. Representative Gwen Moore, who recently, of course, talked about the unemployment rate uh, at record levels in the African-American Latino communities, GDP growth, and then tied the blase expression, blah, 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 after it all. That's what we're getting, it seems like, from folks on the left. We're getting all of this great economic news, and then it's just blah, blah, blah to them. I, I don't know quite uh, how to explain it all. You know, that's something that um, you and I will never figure out. And it's like people are helping themselves. We are going to lapse in the state of Wisconsin, meaning we're not we're going to have unused Medicaid dollars to the tune of almost two hundred million dollars. And the reason behind that, Matt, is people are employed. They now are on employer sponsored health insurance. They are not dependent on the government. Increase quality of life, increase self-worth and then independence from government. And I will be honest, my colleagues on the opposite side of the aisle do not like independence from government programs. Very good point. They Very like good point. to be dependent on the government. Yeah, and I, I think that's been the issue all along. At, at its core, those are the ideological issues of the conservatives versus the liberals, and that's uh, dependence or independence. And I think uh, we're seeing that battle play out, of course, with this budget. Uh, quickly, I'll turn uh, our attention to a big announcement that the governor made today. He was surrounded by some of your colleagues on the left in the, the legislature. The governor wants to move toward legalizing 
marijuana, at least small amounts, medicinal marijuana, and uh, some of the, uh, you know, offshoots of that for medical treatment. How do you feel uh, about that particular debate, uh, particularly medicinal marijuana and the extension of that, of liberalizing or legalizing marijuana possession in this state? So I will talk about the Medicaid marijuana. I am 100% behind it. In fact, I am working um, with my colleague in the Senate and on both sides of the aisle and, and State Senator Pat Teston, and we were working on legislation as we speak. All right. Very good. What do you think about this? What they what they are describing, the proponents of of decriminalizing marijuana? I think it's it's safe to say that uh, you can call it dec- decriminalizing, but uh, and you would technically be correct. But it is legalizing marijuana in this state, first and foremost, at least a, a small amount of marijuana possession. You know what I really wish is at the federal level, if they would take it off as a Schedule One drug so we could actually do some research on marijuana at the university level and and politifact marijuana use. You know, something something tells me, though, that good? something tells me that there is a great body of research being conducted at the UW level right now on the, the category one drug. I don't believe it's sanctioned. Um, something tells me it's going on in dorm rooms and in... Uh, <laughs> fraternity houses and sorority houses out there you know that that may be true but i think i i just look at it this way am i am i ready for recreational marijuana to be legalized in this state i think there's a lot of unanswered questions and i think it it deserves a lot of thought before we go down that road and i do like the fact that we can learn from some of the other states that are doing it Mm. i think medical marijuana makes sense to do Again, it's not like a magic bullet for people or whatever. I mean, in 2014, when I was going through cancer treatment, I actually talked to my doctor about it. Mm -hmm. He said, Mary, it's going to help some people. It's not going to help everyone. But he said, it's one more option for me. Because we all know this. A lot of the painkillers that are out there, drugs, there's so many side effects, Matt. So if we could let somebody have a natural product without the side effects, isn't that a lot better? You raise some if good it can points. get the job done, yeah. I mean, I when I was going through cancer, I was on I, I had to do the Nuestra. Five people, five percent of the population reacts to Nuestra, which is out there to help white cell white cell growth in your blood system, mm-hmm. because it's the chemo kills it all off. I reacted to that. I was taking every three and a half hours. I was taking two Oxycontin, and then two three and a half hours later, I'd take two mm-hmm. Vicodin, and that was my twenty four hours a day. Because it's like your bones are shredding inside of you. Yeah. The side effects from all those opioids were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was nuts. If I could have had medicinal marijuana in maybe a liquid form or something or as a patch, and it would have done the same thing without the side effects, why shouldn't that be available to our citizens? Well, I think you have a very powerful point of view, a personal point of view on that, and that voice should be listened to. There are a number of voices out there that should be listened to in this debate, but I think you have a very powerful voice in that. And, you know, our veterans with PTSD and all mm-hmm. of the different things out there, if this can safely help people, I don't see why we're not taking advantage of it. 33 other states have it. Not all of them have gone to full recreational. Mm-hmm. I had actually had Ledge Council take like seven of the states around us that have medical marijuana, and they did a comparison about who can prescribe it, dosages, possession, whether you can grow it, whether you can't. And it was very, it's an interesting read. So we're kind of working off of that 
to try to get the best practices to see, you know, what will help people the most. All right. State Representative Mary Felskowski, Republican Irma, joining us in this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. That was a topic that required a great deal of thought, a great deal of consideration. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Now we're going to give you five questions that require not very much thought at all. If you have uh, listened in the past to MacGyver Newsmakers, you know we like to ask all of uh, the legislators, the lawmakers, the newsmakers we talk to, Five fast questions, and State Representative Felskowski, are you ready for five fast questions? I am ready, questions? Matt. Here we go. Uh, team Giannis or Team LeBron? LeBron. Okay, fair enough. Is there ever a time when velour training suits make sense? No. I would agree. On this President's Day, if you could ask one question... What would you ask of Betty White? The secret to a long and happy life. That makes sense to me. I would want to know more about uh, Ted Baxter's secrets. (laughs) But I'm an old TV guy. (laughs) Who's the superhero in your life? Oh, my dad. Okay. We accept that. We'd also accept Aquaman. Well, I would like Aquaman to be the superhero in my life, but (laughs) my dad. That's a topic for another day, another show. And finally, what's your guilty pleasure album? Wait a minute. Are the kids still calling them albums, or is this eight-track cassette craze we hear so much about here to stay? I think it's here to say, but my secret guilty pleasure album is ACDC Back in Black. Oh, yeah. Oh, I wore my bro- a real album, the LP, the long player. For you kids scoring along at home, they used to have these things that were made out of wax, and they would turn around <laughs> 33 and a third rotations, right? And you would get an entire musical collection on them acdc back in black i wore the grooves out of that thing and my brother would tell you he's still mad at me for it oh best album ever what's your favorite song is it back in black or is it you shook me all thunderstruck Ooh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) an Mm -hmm. acdc fan well i've already asked you the five questions i won't ask you the uh the the bond scott or the uh the brian question that'll we'll save that for a different uh day okay Sounds great. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. We certainly do appreciate your perspective, and we'll talk to you as the uh, session unfolds. Sounds good. Thanks again. You bye-bye. Bet. You, bye-bye. State Representative Mary Felskowski. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and we'll deliver every podcast fresh. Unlike the Postal Service, it takes President's Day off. We operate where they're all the time. For MacGyver Newsmakers, I'm Matt Kittle.